one single item has forever reigned supreme. It has the sleekest of silhouettes. Precision in every bend. Say it. You don't know me. Earwax removal, not to gross you out on Mother's Day and Happy Mother's Day to all the women here. Uh, not to gross you out, but do you know that communication is the number one reason that relationships fail? Lack of good communication. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I want you to take a look at this video and I want you to see if you have ever experienced what you're getting ready to see in this video in real life. So take a look. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head. And it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop over... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail. See, you're out. not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just. Sometimes it's like. There's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on, Ow. if you would just... Don't! How many of you have ever felt like the man in that video clap? <laughs> Scott Smith. We could do like an open dialogue for the message today. How many of you have ever been on the reciprocal side of that and your partner or your friend is trying to fix it and you don't want them, dear, to fix it? You just want some empathy. You just want them to listen and to cross some tears with you. Have you ever felt like that? Everybody comes into relationships with different things. If we will look at all of our relationships like that, I promise that they will be healthier. So for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how to have healthier relationships. The first thing that I think we have to do in that is own our stuff. So that's why I asked us to take the color inventory. That night that I told you that I cried because they didn't have enough warm, fuzzy words around a great evaluation, that was revolutionary for me because Scott said, Andrea, 
you couldn't have asked for a better clergy evaluation after launching a church, etc. He said, why, why is this not enough for you? And I couldn't articulate it. I couldn't say, I need, you know, warm, fuzzy words like, you know, love and pleased and, you know, adjectives. I needed a lot of adjectives, not just the facts. I use too many words, and you may actually be thinking, yes, you do, especially on Sunday mornings during the 35-minute message. But words are, to me, vital. They're a huge part of who I am. For Scott Smith, and for most of the launch team at that point, logic was critical to them. They were strategic thinkers, linear thinkers. They were very, you know, if point A plus point B equals point C, then D, E, and F. I just see a lot of points, and I can help us get there, but getting there in a straight, logical fashion, it's not a part of my DNA. So the fact that we have pulled off worship in two hours in a new venue this morning shows huge growth in my uh, personal leadership. But I want you to take your color inventories now, and I want you to look and see what color you came up with. I know this is an atypical sermon, but we are an atypical church, and I promise if you'll hang in with me as we look at these next four things, you will walk away today going, oh, I'd never thought about it that way. So if you guys will pull up the color slides on the screen, we're going to look at these together. We will. How many of you got the color gold? Raise your, oh wow. Raise them high. I'm like fascinated by the fact that West is a lot gold. All right, very good. Before we click on, I just want to get a feel for who we're talking to this morning. How many of you are blue? How many of you are orange? And how many of you are green? All right, very good. We're going to start with gold. Gold people value duty and responsibility. Here are core uh, attributes of gold people. You like to be prepared. You love to plan, detail, and service-oriented. You value family traditions. You are helpful and trustworthy, stable and conservative in your actions. You believe in should and should not. You strive for a sense of security. You're punctual, predictable, and precise. Value order and the status quo. Duty, loyalty, and being useful and responsible are very important to you. There is no right way to do... There is a right way to do everything. <laughs> and if you're married to me, it's usually not my way, by the way. You tend to be left-brained and analytical... You have a strong belief in policies, procedures, and rules, and you are most comfortable with order. So now, let's look at the next slide. Now, gold people, here is what will revolutionize your relationships. Gold people, raise your hand again. I want you to know that this is how others see you. <laughs> Rigid and inflexible. Controlling and bossy. Too serious, resistant to change, opinionated, system-bound, lacking imagination, judgmental, boring, <laughs> uptight, predictable, and autocratic. 
Now, you do not think that any of those words are accurate depictors of yourself. You think you're consistent, provide structure, you're goal-oriented, firm or traditional, that you know right from wrong, you're loyal to an organization, you're realistic, you're decisive seeking closure, you're dependable, you're concerned about security, you, you see yourself as following a routine, and you have leadership ability. What I learned when the leadership team of West took the color inventory there of the like 30 people on it there were four of us that were blue and honestly the rest of the entire leadership team was gold so all those words on the first screen those were things that I had somehow probably thought at some point or maybe in my marriage not necessarily to the church but that Scott is Rigid, inflexible, you know, all those words, those are things I thought about him, and you'll see what he thought about me in just a minute. Go ahead to the next screen. This is all on our website for you to look at later as uh, family and friends. Now, let's look at Orange. Orange people, raise your hands again. Orange, you, your core values and attributes are skillfulness and freedom. You are playful, energetic, and charming. You're a risk taker. You believe in just doing it. You test limits. You're quick-witted. You're a master negotiator, creative and inventive. You think, let's make a deal. You are a natural entertainer, high need for mobility, visual and kinesthetic. You push the boundaries. You're a natural nonconformist. You thrive on competition. You like tangible rewards. You have an external focus of control. You <laughs> this is great lunch conversation for all of you, isn't it? Um, you stimulate the economy, impulsive and spontaneous, appreciate immediate feedback, you tend to be left and right brain integrated, and you are most productive in informal environments. Now, orange people, this is how others perceive you. <laughs> Nope. I'm an equal opportunity offender, so I'm going to hand off for further discussion. Orange people, we think you goof off too much. You're manipulative, untrustworthy, unable to stay on task, scattered, take unnecessary risk. You resist closure or decisions. You're we feel like you're obnoxious, <laughs> immature, and self-centered. <laughs> I will confess that orange is now my predominant color. I used to be blue, but over the last four years of ministry, I somehow have now become orange. So go figure. Orange people perceive themselves as flexible and easygoing, having a playful attitude, exploring new possibilities, a good negotiator, open to change, have many interests, able to do many things, adventurous and courageous, valuing freedom, bold and assertive, fun-loving, enjoying life, and independent. So that's how orange people perceive ourselves. <laughs> All right, go on to the next screen, blue. Blue people value relationships and authenticity. Blue people, raise your hand. We have a lot of blue. Blue people. Now, people that love blue people, here are some tips that will make your lives better with blue people. Blue people are good at mediating 
optimistic, they're caretakers, passionate, peacemakers, true romantics, cause-oriented. They need to feel special. They always have a kind word. They enjoy symbols of romance. Scott Smith, they have a strong sense of spirituality. They are sensitive to the needs of others, and they value peace, harmony in their relationships. They motivate and encourage others and are cooperative rather than competitive. Now, this next slide where it talks about how others perceive blue people actually changed my leadership style at West. Take a look. Others perceive blue people as very emotional, overly sensitive, mushy, too tender-hearted, easily persuaded, too nice, too trusting, smothering, too soft, too giving, weak, talking too much. That was the big one. And illogical. But us blue people, we perceive ourselves as having feelings. Compassionate, romantic, idealistic, empathetic, caring, seeing the best in others, nurturing, liking to please people, wanting harmony, great communicators, and valuing feelings. So that's how blue people see themselves. <laughs> I did at about 9.45 this morning, yes. All right, and then the last color is green. Green people, raise your hands again. Green people value intellectual competence and knowledge. These are attributes of green people. They think we should be able to do this. They ask why. They're intellectual and theoretical. They're idea people, philosophical, very complex, perfectionist, standard setters, visionary, and futurist. They can never know enough. They're cool, calm, and collected. Work is play, and play is work. They're often not in the mainstream. Abstract, conceptual, and global, there's a need for independence and private time. They explore all facets before making decisions, know how to spell and pronounce big words, and approach, <laughs> and approach interpersonal relationships in a logical manner. Now, the next screen. Here is how people see green people as arrogant and know-it-alls, cold and hard, insensitive, your head is in the clouds, cool, aloof, and unfeeling, afraid to open up, critical and fault-finding, lacking compassion, unappreciative of others, intellectually demanding, argumentative, and absent-minded. But green people see themselves as confident, mentally tough and strong, logical and rational, visionary and inventive, self-controlled, enjoying one's own company, good at analysis, objective, having ability to reprimand, having high expectations, knowledgeable, and thinking deeply. So those are the four different types of, these are taken from the Myers-Briggs. This is just an easier way to look at personalities. And believe it or not, they're true. Once Scott realized that I am blue, now blue-orange, and he is gold, it changed everything. We would quit having these circular conversations that would get us nowhere, that would turn into arguments. Scripture tells us that relationships are important, not just husband and wife, but friends. So I want us to take a look at two Scripture verses this morning that I want us to hold on to over the next three weeks. Take a look at these. This one is from 1 Peter chapter 3, and... Usually at weddings, when a couple asks for the vows to obey, you know, my head twitches just a little to the side because <laughs> obey is a very 
old school way of thinking. My parents, many of our parents, would have used that word in their vows. But what I think is so cool is when the marriage vows incorporate obey and honor on both sides of the relationship. And that is scriptural. We oftentimes hear, you know, women, you should listen to the men. And, you know, men, you're the head of the household. If you actually look at the real verses in Peter and you take out just a, a midsection that Peter addresses to another, another point, these are the scripture verses The same goes for you wives. Be good wives to your husbands, responsive to their needs. There are husbands who, indifferent as they are to any words about God, will be captivated captivated by your life of holy beauty. What matters is not your outer appearance, the styling of your hair, the jewelry you wear, the cut of your clothes, but what matters is your inner disposition. Now, husbands, the same goes for you. Be good husbands to your wives. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run aground. Over the last several months, I've had the opportunity to do several weddings. One couple is here with us today. And there's nothing more beautiful when people join in a relationship. And in those vows, they honor and respect and love one another. You know, that's not just for an intimate husband-wife relationship. That's true in all of our relationships, whether it's a friendship or a collegial relationship. And the way that we do that is by looking at it from their perspective and also knowing who we are and what we need. And then the final point is being honest about that, communicating it. That's why you got Q-tips this morning. First, you know, passive aggressive. Passive-aggressive behavior, which we're going to talk about next week, that gets no one anywhere. I had to say to Scott and to like my colleagues, I need you to tell me warm, fuzzy things. I need you to text me on Sunday because I usually think we have totally, you know, that was the worst message ever. One little text that says, this meant something to me. I took away this from the message today. That would change everything for me on a Sunday afternoon. They needed to know that about me. So I told them. And then they told me in the kindest of ways, Andrea, we get lost in your emails. We appreciate you trying to celebrate things of West with us, but we need logical, linear emails. I mean, they would be that long. Those people don't have that kind of time to read all that communication from me. So now I use bullet points. As much as I can possibly be succinct, I try to be succinct. And, and it has changed how we interact with one another. What is a relationship in your life right now that you think could be healthier and stronger? I want you to think about that, whether it's a friendship or with a parent or with a child or with a significant other. And then I want you to think about your personality needs. What, what makes you tick? And then don't be afraid in, in a good conversation, to say, here is what I need. Don't start conversations with your, your friends or your partners with the word you. You will never get anywhere. I feel like I need, not you did this to me, because they can always argue with that. Now, the kicker is when they learn that too, and uh, then they start using that back on you. But if you start with, Here's how I'm feeling right now. It opens up communication pathways. 
And that's what helps relationships be healthy. And we have to be willing to listen. You know, the guy in the nail video that we watched a little while ago, I mean, you know, he had to just want to shake her and say, do you not understand? There really is a nail. That is the whole problem. But he listened to her. He said he heard what she said that she needed, and he responded, even though it made no logical sense to do that, he responded that way. Logic doesn't always win. Sometimes we have to put ourselves second and put the other person first and listen to what they're trying to say. There's one more verse that I wanted to leave you with this morning, and if you'll look at this one from James. Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. When you talk with folks that work in hospice, they will tell you that in the final moments of the lives of the people that are there in the hospice homes, they never hear people say they regret they didn't work more. They never hear people say they regret not buying a different house or having a different car or having more money. They hear consistently people share that they wish that they had told the people that they are closest to that they love them. So this morning on Mother's Day, that's my charge to all of you, male or female. Look at your personalities. Look at what makes us tick. Then look at those that are closest to you and then tell them what you need but most importantly, tell them what they mean to you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are grateful for the opportunity to have relationships. For the people this morning that are in this place that are grieving the loss of loved ones and relationships that have been severed, God, for whatever reason, we ask that you pour out your special blessing of peace and comfort on them. God, help us be aware of who we are and who we love so that we can indeed grow stronger in those relationships and in our relationship with you, we give you thanks and praise. Amen.